Salute the Knicks Nation. It's your boy, Slizzy. Sorry about the Anchor app. Uh, cut off while me and Mr. Alex Collins was talking. Well, we going to get right into it. No introduction needed. Episode 78, State of the New York Knicks podcast. Peace. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anchor <laughs> okay. bad habit, man. It has a bad habit, man. But... Back to what we was talking about, you know, you, you brought up the Knicks and rebuilding, and you brought up the Porzingis years. And I was just basically saying, bro, the Knicks didn't have no draft picks in 2015 and 2016. The Andres Bargliani trade was a disaster. And, you know, we, we couldn't rebuild during those years. We could have had Jamal Murray. He was supposed to be a Nick. He's a Denver Nugget right now. And that's because the Knicks management was not patient. So now we get into this season. Now we got RJ Barrett. Um, how, what was your initial thoughts on RJ before coming into the season, and then today's standing right now has changed. Uh, you know, it's funny because I actually was lower than most on RJ um, in college. I actually i I didn't want to draft him. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to trade down personally. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, and like I kind of, I still stand by that. Like, um, I do see. Like, I, I was a big fan of say, uh, Jerry Culver or um, Darius Garland, and then I was my my in my dream scenario, it would have been one of those two and Brandon Clark, who's uh, balling in Memphis. <laughs> But um, you know, like that's in the past now. Like I'm, um, I'm very much on the RJ bandwagon, like everyone else. And you know, like he's he's outperformed my expectations. Like I have to give him that. He's he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he's a, a big criticism I had of him in college was his finishing uh, offhand going right, yep. and. Um, it's actually funny because if you look at his finishing around the basket, he's actually um, on the right side of the basket. He's actually below league average, but finishing on the left side with his left, he's actually shooting a higher percentage than league average. Yeah. So he's actually better finishing with his right hand this season, uh, which is a bit weird. It, but um, that's that no, like he's you, bro. He's a hard worker, bro. He's a hard worker. Yeah, and he he definitely is, and like that's something that I see a lot of people talking about, where it's like uh, people are um, dogs, or like they're it's like talking about people's mental games, and that has a huge effect. Like that, I'm not like I'm not saying that's not important. It, it really is. Like it's very important. But like I was just going off purely talent and what I thought was his upside, mm-hmm. Um which I still like. I think he's going to be a really good player. Like I think he's going to be a very, very good player. And he has, like I said, he has outperformed my expectations. Like if you look at him, like uh, I thought his defense was a weakness in college. Me it's, too. Uh, like, Me too. Me too. Like it's not been, it's not been great, but it's, uh, it's not bad. Like it's possible. I would say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Way better than Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh well, that's that's a very low bar. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't get me started on Timmy. Oh, I, no, I don't no. want to talk about Timmy. <laughs> but um, no, like, and then there's 
you know, like there's the stuff like his passing. Um, I always thought he had like good passing. I thought that it had some kind of flaws. Uh, but like overall, his passing is pretty good. Like he's he's a decent distributor. Yes. Um, he's very good from um, the corners, uh, especially one of the corners. I think it's like if you're facing down the court at the basket, it's the left corner. Mm-hmm. He seems to be hitting a lot of his shots from there. Like he's I, I don't know his exact percentage, but um, he seems to be taking a lot of shots from there. And you know he's he seems to be shooting a good percentage. That's been kind of like a reliable shot for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at like he's been he's been really good in post ups. Uh, oh, I think he's top five in the league, bro. He's top. Five yeah, I don't league. know. I don't know what the um. I don't know how many he's taken. Like if it's a small sample size, but no, he's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it away from him. He's been he's been really good in post ups. Mm-hmm. And then like just projecting forward, like I think, uh, you know, like I'm not too worried about his shot. Like his form and everything seems uh good. I, I don't think he's going to be ever be like um like a 40% shooter or anything like that. I think he's going to be like a solid, like, you know, 36, 37% on, you know, um, more attempts than average. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not too worried about the free throw shooting. I'm not too worried about the outside shot. Uh, The things that worry me more about RJ are like, honestly, it's, it's the thing people thought was going to be his strength coming into the season, which is finishing at the rim. Uh, because, like, if you look at him, uh, he's very stiff. Uh, he very likes to like stiff. he moves like he likes to like off. truck over people. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's he's looking for contact. He's like trying to go over guys, and I think he needs to learn to be more um, evasive. Yeah. Because, you, like, you're in the NBA now, and you know, like, you're he's six six, like, so he's about I don't know exactly, but he's I'd say he's about average height for a Two guard. He's about you know? six seven, two two ten, two fifteen. I think he's bigger than the average shooting guard, personally. Oh, he probably, he probably like I think he's a three. But um, I my point still kind of stands like that. Like I just think if you look at his percentages, like uh, a guy people like to knock on, Frank Nilakina, is uh, shooting a higher percentage at the rim than RJ is. Yeah, probably probably on a smaller sample size, but. You know, like RJ, I feel like he he likes to go over guys. He's like a vertical finisher, and I think he needs to work on just being more um, shifty and uh, be more evasive with his finishing at the rim. That's the only real thing that I have any kind of concern about him long term. So, like, you know, like I'm happy with the pick. Like, I'm I'm trying to kind of look forward, and he's given me signs that. Um, I'm kind of excited, like about what he could be. Uh, I don't ever think he's going to be like a number one option on the championship team, but um, he's going to be like a valuable, a valuable player. Like he's going to be, if he is here for like the long, long, long term, like a decade plus, I could see him being like a second best player or a third best player on a very, very good team, like a championship, like a contending team. Yo, uh, which is really valuable, like you know. Yeah, you know what's so crazy about what you just said, bro? Before I even get to that point you just said, because I totally agree with you. I, I think I said that like weeks ago about because but I first said RJ Barrett is going to be a great player. He's going to be an all-star player. But I don't see him as a number one option on a championship team. And people go crazy like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Because I never will see RJ Barrett as that shooter. 
as yeah. that, I don't see him as that guy. I see him as a great all around second option on the championship team. That that's what I see him as. And the Knicks should be happy that they drafted that guy with the third pick. And over the last six games, RJ Barrett is averaging 19 points, 5.8 rebounds, one three per game, 1.2 steals. And more importantly, he's shooting 46% from the field, 42% from three, and 78% from the free throw line. So it's not like this kid is not getting better each game, but it goes into my overall preference where I scream almost every day now. Play the kids. I'm done with Alfred Payton starting. I'm done with Taj Gibson starting. I'm done with Mook Morris. I, to be honest with you, bro, I'm kind of done with Julius Randle too. I, I I do not like the way he played basketball for some reason. I don't I don't know what it is, bro. I, I, maybe you can help me. Maybe you can help me. Here. I, I don't oh, know what. It is. Like I'm not a huge Julius. Randall fan either <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, with a lot of things I kind of reside in the middle you know what I mean like I don't have like very very I don't feel like I have very aggressive opinions either way on a lot of guys I kind of see the, I try I try and see the positive and the negative if if I'm high on a guy I try and look and see why people don't like him and if I'm low on a guy I try and look and see why people like him mm. you know what I mean yeah so like with with Julius, I'm not like I don't think he's a good fit next to Mitch. Like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and it's crazy like, you said that because Porzingis will be a picture perfect fit for Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett. But okay. whatever, I'm not getting into Por- Porzingis. Look, I'm just gonna say this really quick, okay? Because I don't want I don't want to dwell on Porzingis. Nah, but go ahead. Look, I'm like if you look at the trade now in hindsight. It's terrible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's really bad. Like we got uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who's uh, shell of himself, and in my opinion, he was never very good to begin with. And then we had got like two picks that are going to be likely low picks. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I get that people hate the hate the trade, but like with the issues that Porzingis had, like there was attitude issues, there was injury issues. Yep. Uh, Yep. Just even like even the way he played, like there was a lot of questions. Um, you know, so I didn't want to give a five year max to that guy. Hell no. Me either. And you know, like we also have to look at it from the perspective of like you to win in this league, you need to make big moves. And you know, KD and there was a bunch of stars available in this summer. And, you know, like, there, there was legitimate, like, talk, like, and people can discount it or whatever, but there was legit reason to think that KD was going to be coming to the Knicks. Of course. And so you need to, like, you need to bet on that, you know what I mean? Because that's, if that pu- if you pull that off, then, you know, if you're not a contender, you're a very good team or you're maybe, like, a step away. Mm. And KP was in, he was in the way of that, like, he... I would have. I was saying at the time, like I didn't like the trade at the time, because I kind of wanted to, like, well, he could call his bluff and see if he accepts the qualifying offer, or oh, you know, you could have moved Tim Hardaway Jr. or Courtney Lee in a different way. But like, if they, I'm sure if those options were available, they would have happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were trying to shop 
Courtney for it felt like they were trying to shop him for at least a year and he was barely playing at the time because he had this weird phantom injury yeah, neck it was, injury or something it was like his neck injury yeah and like I'm sure if there was any other way to clear the cap space they would have done it like but that those contracts the the Timmy one like Timmy had like a tray kicker in his contract and he was signed I think he has like another year after this year like it was so like if you had any questions about KP and not wanted to pay him a huge contract and make him the centerpiece of the team then I don't really have any problem with you uh you know rolling the dice for what could potentially be uh, putting together the best team talent-wise, at least in the last 25 years of Knicks basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, sir. And, and, and you know, even though I criticize Julius Randle and I may not like his game as much, the Knicks are top five in offensive rebounds, and he does affect the game as far as getting inside of the paint, um, I remember one game, I'm not sure which game was it, but the Knicks had the most points in the paint in the in the quarter. I believe it was 36, I believe, in like 50 years. And, you know, little things like that, I, I give to Julius Randle. He has to get better. You know, he's 24 going on 25. So, you know, I, I, I roll with it. Um, next guy that I want to get into, Mike Miller. Um. Mike Miller and this 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 coaching thing, you know, I wasn't on the fire Fizdale bandwagon at first. Um, I was I was one of the guys who was defending Fizdale during the eight game losing streak, and I'm pretty much feel stupid for doing it right now. Um, now that I'm looking at Mike Miller, I see the offense has gotten better, but my issue with Mike Miller has been lately just. His rotations has just been god-awful. He, he'll give me a lineup of Mitch, Knox, RJ, and I throw a young kid out there, Frank Nilakina, but then have the fifth guy be Wayne Ellington. And I understand that you want to showcase the vets to trade them, but at the same time, you can't have an all-NBA all NBA second team rookie and Alonzo Trier sitting on the bench, regardless of his deficiencies, regardless if he doesn't pass the ball a lot. I don't see the point in playing Wayne Ellington or playing some of these old dudes over the young guys and wear 11 and 30. Um, I'm cool with Mike Miller. Um, he doesn't bother me. The reason why I'm cool with him is because I don't know who should be the coach next season. I know you heard me talk about <laughs> – Mark Jackson, which was a huge mistake because I definitely <laughs> Jackson here. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Mark. Nah, and um, I just want to ask you, man, how you feeling about Mike Miller? What do you What do you think should happen with the coaching search moving forward? And do you have a name off the top of your head that you could throw at me to say, okay, I got this person? Maybe the Nick fans would, you know, believe this person instead of believing whatever the hell Steve Mills has been trying to sell us for the past 14, 15 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so um, Mike Miller, uh, I like him. I think he's done a very good job so far, especially um, considering when he came in. Like, the Knicks had some tough games. Uh, 
at the start like of December when he took over. Um and we've had some tough games since. And I think he's 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 done a legitimately good job. I've been impressed with him. Like my my favorite thing that he does is he seems to have like perfect time for calling timeouts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's they're yeah. they're to the second perfect. Like just when you're anytime I think we need a timeout, he calls a timeout. And I've just been so happy with him from that sense because he he seems like if the team if whoever the opponent is if they're getting on any kind of a, a run or anything yeah. uh, where you just feel like there's a slight momentum shift he immediately calls a timeout and you know it might not work all the time like it's at the end of the day the Knicks are bad but um, he does seem to have like like that's the kind of things that I look for when I'm evaluating a coach who's. Uh, in charge of, you know, like a team that, like, I don't want to call them necessarily, like, bad. It's like there's some talent on this team, but, you know, that's in um, a difficult situation at the moment. Very. Uh, and <laughs> then, like, some, some of the other good positives, I would say, are, like, his after-time calls seem pretty good. Pure. I mean, Top five in the league, I believe, since he took over. Yeah, and it's, like, it, there's a real... Uh, there's a real change from when you actually see what Fizdale was doing out of timeouts, like where it was just like uh, just pure isos. Like I know I don't want to say that. Yo, you know. Fizdale offense was pure shit, bro. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nick fans. If you got kids, listen, I'm sorry. His offense was <laughs> shitty. When I wa- it it's, it was so bad, bro. I think Fizdale's offensive schemes plagued my mind for like a year and some months. I was watching so much bad basketball that Mike Miller was just the best coach I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes back. That goes back to the Julius Randall thing. Like I feel like Randall is <clears throat> much better player now than he was under Fizz because Fizz was just like letting him. He was using him like he was LeBron, and he's really, he's really not LeBron. He's like he's not a Randall's not a creator, and Fizz was like, "Here's the ball, go do something." You know what I mean? Like go 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 create go be the point forward and it just no it didn't work. <laughs> the hell it didn't work. I don't know if they saw something in Randall like oh he has potential to be like you know like one of these like kind of point forwards but no just God no mm-hmm. he's been he's doing it less like, he still does a little bit and he's been better in um he's been I feel like the he's been more restrained uh, and it's resulted in better like better results when he has kind of gone point forward, Randall. Yeah. Um, but there is still the odd, you know, spin turnover. I, I don't know what we, we need, we need to get like, as a community, we need to get like a name for it. I don't know what we're calling this. <laughs> the way he waited a little spin move and he turns the ball over. Cause. Uh. <laughs> Yo, it's every time. And you could call it in your brain too. You looking at Julius Randall, dribbling. He's about to do that spin move. Right he's, to the left. he's gotten better, but he still does it. He still does it every now and then to keep us honest. You know, he's like, "Oh, you, you're still watching me, aren't you?" <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this guy. Think, um, question about Julius Randle. His contract is 21 million, right? So the Knicks got a number of things they can do with his contract. They can either keep Julius Randle. Do you see Julius Randle as a long-term fit? For RJ Barrett, mainly one. So the Knicks should either be looking to keep Julius Randle 
Or you could trade him in 2021 offseason, shed his salary if you want to sign two max contract players. But I don't want to talk about 2021 free agency. Um, or you could trade his contract this offseason, this upcoming offseason, for a signing trade with anybody who the hell knows what who that player is. But um, what do you think the Knicks – is going to do well, not the Knicks. What would you do with Julius Randle as far as RJ Barrett and the kids is concerned? Um, I don't think he's a very good fit beside RJ. I like, I, I like, I think this team needs shooting, you know, and like, I don't see Julius as like a stretch four. He's not like, a, he's not a great shooter. Um, no. You know, like he's not someone you. I don't think you can rely on him to be like consistently shooting. You know, thirty six, thirty seven percent on you know, like maybe three, three or four attempts a game. Um, so like, I really don't think he's a fit. He is still young, so like, like I was fine when they gave him the contract because you know you were just kind of like we have money to spend and you're just bet- betting on upside. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, twenty four. I'm still kind of I'm still fine with meeting on the team. Like even though he is a, he's kind of a clunky fit, um, I don't really mind too much uh, if he sticks around. I don't think he's like, I wouldn't consider him as a core piece uh, at all. Uh, you know, like it, other people see, I think see more upside in him in him than I do. Uh, I. I don't. I agree with you. When it, when it comes to Julius Randle, I agree with you. He, I call him Mr. Turtle Arms because it's, it's impossible for you to have less blocks than Kevin Knox. And Kevin Knox plays the three. And his defense is probably worse than his. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I don't, I just don't see him as a long term piece. So, like, I, I was kind of looking at some uh, trade scenarios for. For Julius, just out of curiosity, I don't think there's many, and I'd probably just I'd probably just keep him at least until next season uh, when he is expiring. So it might be a bigger trade market then. There might be more teams that are like maybe feel like he's you know like he'd be a year older, maybe a year better, and they might see like oh maybe he's like the final piece that we could like bring him off the bench as a six man, and you know like we're we're going for a chip. Um, in terms of like twenty twenty one free agency, like I'm 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 not going to talk about Janice or anyone else. Like I'm, nope. I'm still nope. I'm still recovering from last last summer. Me too. <laughs> but uh, he's I believe he has a team option, so you know you can just let him walk. You don't have to offer him the team option for twenty one twenty two. So uh, like I'm fine with keeping him around until then, and then you know, reevaluating around this time next year or uh, just letting him walk in 20, I believe it would be 2021. Yeah. The summer of 2021. So yep. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel the need to really trade Julius at the moment, unless you get like a very good offer, mm. which I don't think you okay. will. So Yeah. Um, And this goes right into the next subject that I'm going to talk about. I asked you that question because, you know, we talking about Julius Randle, and I mentioned Kevin Knox, and Kevin Knox was the guy. He first of all, he was my number one choice for that 2018 draft. When we the, the at the slot we was at, 
whose guys was available, who's going to be available at their slots. Kevin Knox was my first choice. And my first, and he was my first choice because of potential, because of his off-ball slashing at Kentucky, and because of his sight, his height and his background. He comes from a military family. Um, you see Kevin Knox, you see a kid who's about 6'9", 6'10". I see him as long-term, I see him as a four. So when I see people say RJ Barrett is a three, I can see why they say he's a three. Um, what the hell you think has been going on wrong for Kevin Knox this season so far? Um, for me, you know, I attribute it to the Knicks signing Portis and Morris. Portis being played with Kevin Knox, who's such a terrible fit with Kevin Knox. Portis doesn't jump higher than my mother. She's 53. <laughs> got um, Marcus Morris, who comes here. He shoots about 20 shots per game. He think he's a man, I guess, because he's in the Knicks uniform and none of the young Knicks to step on his toes. And the Knicks seem to prioritize in the 30-year-old over their 20-year-old, which is mind-boggling to me. And my last thing is this consistency with minutes. Um, I don't think Knox logged 30, min- 30 minutes in the past about 15 to 20 games, which is outright disgusting to me. It's stupid. It's counterproductive. I don't need this. It, and it's going – and it's as we're talking right now, I know the Knicks tomorrow is gonna is gonna roll out a starting lineup and still not have not have Kevin Knox in the starting lineup, which is very stupid to me. And you know, those are the couple things I attributed to his season play so far. You know, he's been bad so far, but I know he could get better sophomore slump. How are you feeling about um Kevin Knox right now? And the fact that I say he's a long term fit for the four position instead of the three. Um, how you feel about it? Oh, I definitely agree. Kevin Knox is not a three; he's a four. Um, he can't; he doesn't have the foot speed or just the speed in general to defend threes. Uh, he doesn't have the handle to play the three. Uh, you know, I, I think you see. I, I my opinion on Kevin Knox hasn't really changed since we drafted him. Uh, I always thought Kevin Knox is like very flawed, but very talented in certain ways kind of player. So I think if you use him properly, he's uh I think if he's properly he's he's an asset. Yes. So the way I would like to use Kevin Knox is like to put him at the four, he's a stretch four. Uh Kevin Knox get out in transition, finish at the rim, you know, in transition. Like he's he's a decent finisher. Like I I still have flashes of him in summer league. Um, I'm hoping Ooh. to kind of see that on an NBA level. I've not really seen it yet, but I think a lot of that to, was to do with like style of play and just him being young. Like it, it's it's hard to be good in the NBA at 20 or 19. Yeah, yeah it's hard to be Luca, man. That that kid is ridiculous, man. And I I absolutely love Luca, but yeah, he's he, we can't judge people based on top top tier talent. It's no. It's not. It's not realistic. Kevin is. He's got some real NBA skill. He's got a beautiful jump shot. I absolutely love Kevin Knox's jump shot. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a very good shooter. Yeah, so I can see him. Like, I think his floor is like. You know, like 
NBA player, like low minutes rotation player is the worst he'll ever be because I think he can kind of come out and he will just be a pure stretch four, like even like a Ryan Anderson. Like that's, I think that's the absolute worst, worst case scenario for Kevin Knox. Um, I don't see him having like a very, very high upside, but I think he'll be just a good, solid rotation player. I, you, you know what's crazy? I, I'm not going to say strongly disagree, but <laughs> I disagree. I think Knox, this is just me personally, I think okay. he has potential to be the best player on this team in the future. And, and, it's, and it's just me based solely off of age, height, skills. His jump shot form is already there. It's just the motor. His defensive defensive instincts got to pick up, and his rebounding got to pick up. He got to get stronger. And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because, and it's not even because of Kevin Knox. It's because of R.J. Barrett. Okay. R.J. Barrett being the leader that he is and Knox having that, you know, the personality. He's calm, cool, collective. Barrett, he looks loud. He looks gritty. I think Barrett will rub off on Kevin Knox. And plus, Barrett driving to the basket, Barrett will attract more attention, Kevin Knox will get more open shots. I think just it's just a marriage made in heaven as far as Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett's game. And a thing that we're seeing developing from Kevin Knox, his passing. He has chemistry with Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson is the guy we're going to get into next for a little bit. But Kevin Knox's passing has gotten way better. He's blocking shots. He has more block shots than Julius Randle and Bobby Porter's combined on the season in less minutes. So I definitely agree with you, but I just think Kevin Knox got all-star, superstar potential. I'm just, I'm just saying the ceiling, the potential to be the best player on this team, just based off the of tools and offensive mechanics, just for me personally, bro. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to be down on Kevin Knox. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I kind of like I, I see where you're coming from, but there needs to be an awful, awful lot of improvement at especially the defensive side of the game and yeah. stuff on like working on like his handles and stuff like that. Even as a forward, like he, he's he's re, he's like a baby lamb when he's coming up the court. Like I feel like he's going to fall over sometimes when he's driven up the court. <laughs> so like there needs to be a huge improvement. You know, like height, he's like if we're talking about him as a as a four, he's six seven. Like that's his that's his listed height on NBA.com, which is like you know since they this at the start of the season, you know they have to list all the players' heights as their actual heights. They can't just make up like oh Kevin Garnett is six eleven when really he's seven foot, and Kevin Durant is six nine when really he's like six eleven. You know that kind of stuff. So he, like Kevin Knox is. Allegedly six seven, which is pretty small for a for a four. I do think he's a decent rebounder. Like I, I don't know. Like he, he obviously has room for improvement, but I, I don't think he's terrible. You know, yeah. Which is again why I kind of like him. Which is kind of like the transition for you know, get out, grab a rebound, or just get your ass down the court, uh, receive an outlet pass, and just drive and finish at the rim. You know. Hit threes in the half court set, um, but I don't. I I like him. I don't want to trade him unless it's you know 
I would trade any player for in the right situation, but I'm not actively looking to trade Kevin Knox. I think the people that call him a bust and all that kind of stuff need to calm down. Um, but like as for superstar potential and stuff like that, I'm I'm not sure about that. I, I have to see a lot more before I can say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely going to see. Hopefully the Knicks don't do no dumb nonsense and trade all the goddamn kids. <laughs> well, what, is, what I will say is I hope you're right. I hope he is a superstar. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, I'm, rooting for every, I'm rooting for every player. Like there's some players on this team I, I don't like, you know. And, who are they? Who are they? <laughs> uh, uh, DSJ. Um, oh. This. I hate that guy. Like, <laughs> I, I like Alfred as a guy, but as a as a point guard, I'm not sure about him. Uh, Portis, uh, you oh. know. <laughs> but if if any of those guys, if you if you're telling me that they're dropping 50 in the next game, I will I will be so happy. I'll sit there and I'll be so delighted for them. Like I try I try and hype up the kids. Uh, like it, when I remember DSJ had like a really great game against Dallas. Uh, in MSG, and yeah, I was like so happy for him. Anytime he did anything, I was tweeting. I was like, "That was a great drive by by DSJ." Same thing with with RJ. Like I, I, I didn't want to draft him, and then uh, after he was um, after he did get drafted, I changed my my Twitter avatar to like a picture of RJ. And <laughs> until recently, I had RJ as my wallpaper on my phone. Like I would happily wear an RJ Barrett jersey. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because they're they're all Knicks. Like, I want them. I want them all to su- succeed. I just I have to reel myself in and just think of it. You know, realistically. Like, and it's not it's not hating. Like, it's just I'm not going to lie to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, everybody loves Frank Nilakina. You know, everybody everybody got their own little cult on the Knicks team. Um, second to last thing that we gonna get out of here, Marcus Morris. Trade him. Um, Oh, oh, you answered the question. You answered that question real quick. <laughs> Trade him. Yeah. Bro, the people who is clamoring for us to keep more. I see matter the people who's clamoring for us to keep Morris is idiots. I seen a report where it says the Knicks brass are thinking about keeping Marcus Morris. I swear to God, if I see Marcus Morris on this roster after February 6th, it should be fired of management tweets every time the Knicks post. Is it, it's malpractice. It is. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with the malpractice thing. Like, I like, I really, really, really like Morris. Like, you too. Like, I, I really like him. I, I genuinely really, really like him. But if he was on a two-way, I would not want to. Or if he, not sorry, not two-way. If he was on a two-year deal, I would not want to move him. It's yeah. only because it's a one-year deal. Uh, if you do resign him, it's going to count against the cap, which oh, I know we have so much cap space, like we need to use it anyways. But still, um, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to come back. Uh, nope. If he does want to come back, if he really, really wants to be here, he can come back. Uh, we're in asset acquisition mode from from my yeah. perspective, anyways. Like we, this is a long rebuild. This is year two of a multi multi year rebuild. Uh, we need the assets. I I know it's funny because I have people telling me that we sh- oh we shouldn't tank because you can get assets uh, you can get very good players lower in the draft. And at the same time, pe- those same people are saying, oh well, why why would we give away Morris if we're only getting a twenty seventh pick? Ridiculous. You know? It's like pick pick a lane. You know, either the either the low picks are 
potentially good or they're not good. Like you can't have it both ways. Um, so like, uh, then there was the whole thing with Macri. Like, I know he kind of, he put like a lot of, uh, he put like a lot of caveats in that, you know, it might not be true, but he, he kind of said on the next film school podcast that, you know, he heard that Morris maybe wouldn't necessarily mind being traded. Um, I don't know if that's. I don't. I don't want to spread that out too much, but you know, like he did. He did say it. You can go and listen to the podcast, and Macri said it. So, um, like, I just. I don't see why you would keep him. Uh, the Knicks are going nowhere for the end of this season. Uh, no. it's just more time for Kevin Knox. You know, there's a, mil- there's a million different reasons to move him, and if, like I said, if he wants to come back, he can come back. I would give him like two, three-year, like, $50 million deal, no problem, because, no problem. you know, there's no, there's nothing else to do with the money anyway, so you may as well give it to him and just say, oh, you did us a real service. You went and played for the Clippers for uh, a couple of months, and we really appreciate appreciate you doing that so we could get a first-round pick. Here's lots of money to make up for your troubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good business. That's how you do good business. The, the Knicks need to learn how to do good business. You trade Morris so you could play Knox, play the rest of the kids so they could get more time. And then if you want to come back, you pay that man the money that he deserves for giving for getting you an extra first-round pick. And I don't want to hear about lower draft picks being terrible. The Toronto Raptors just won a championship last year with no lottery picks on their roster. I don't... The best player in the Eastern Conference right now is the 15th pick in the NBA draft. I could care less about how low the draft pick is. What I could care about is your player development staff. Are you developing your players right? Are you not the Phoenix Suns? Are you just over there dying with a special talent over there like Devin Booker? You cannot be – you must be correct when it comes to picking – and drafting your players and having player development. The, the the issue with the Knicks is you got James Dolan, who's one of the richest owners in the NBA, and the Knicks should have the best coaching staff, the best coaching development, the best facilities. I shouldn't be seeing posts about the Knicks training facilities in Terrytown and the Knicks don't want to – I don't need to hear that. It's foolishness. It's little stuff like that, bro. Is is mind boggling to me, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm not a New York New Yorker, so I don't actually know how far the training facility is. But that whole thing seemed kind of blown out of proportion. Very. It it is very. It's it's just stupid. It's just stupid Nick stuff to write about. Like for another example, how they say, I you I know you heard a report where they said how the Knicks treated Giannis' brother bad <laughs> while he was a New York Nick. And Mike Breen and Clyde said during the um during the during the game, Clyde was like, Well, I heard that the Knicks treated Giannis brother bad. And Mike Breen shut it down and said, Well, I never heard that coming from Giannis brother or the Knicks brass. So it's little stuff like that. The media creates these false narratives and people run with it. <laughs> well, this is why you come to nicksfilmschool.com because oh, yes. <laughs> we, we don't post things like this. We, you know, we're objective, mostly. I'm looking at you, John. <laughs> so, you know, last thing, I'm going to let you get out of here. I'm going to let you, you know, get on with your day. I appreciate your time. Um, last thing, bro. Predictions. 
Jonathan Macri was on the podcast with me about a couple weeks ago. He said the Knicks are going to win 25 games. Right. What is your prediction on Knicks winning games? I got 22 right now. For the remainder of this season. Yes, I got 22 and 60. (laughs) Uh, um, I probably would say around 22 maybe i could see like maybe 24 it it depends really on if they trade mars um and are, are this front office desperately trying to win games um to just ha- keep their jobs you know <laughs> like ideally ideally uh, i kind of i kind of feel like if we get 20 anywhere between 22 and 24 i think that's realistic like i don't see us losing really a bunch of games at the end of the season but i think a lot of teams i think if you look at our record for the remainder of the year i think it's a little bit above average in terms of difficulty and um, so you probably get like a lot of like playoff teams and stuff like that that might be resting players and stuff um so yeah i'd, I'd say 22 to 24 wins but it's crazy because the schedule kind of favors the knicks because we have 24 home games and 22 of those home games is against teams that's under 500 right now. So, oh, okay. Uh, it's possible. It's, it's, it's possible. It's what, very possible. What's possible? Um, Don't say playoffs. If you say playoffs, <laughs> I'm going to quit this show right now. Get the hell out of here with this playoff. <laughs> I can't believe Wayne Ellington said that nonsense, man. Oh, did he say that? I, I've heard it from fans. I've not heard it from players. <laughs> I can't. I heard like people, people like within the last week, like, oh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> I did the math. Like, it'd be like, it would be historically, um, it'd be like the first time in NBA history a team with our record met the playoffs. So, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> from from so this point where we are, a team with our, our record, if we went like over 500, uh, I think we would. Be, if we went over 500, we would still miss the playoffs in every yeah. season in NBA history since the mergers. I think I think that's what I worked out the other day. So mm. not happening. No, people kill me, man. They, you rather not have a chance at a top three pick to pick one of these point guards in this draft, and you rather go to the playoffs and let Steve Mills and these boys keep their jobs? I think not. <laughs> And Giannis, Giannis uses as a doormat to wipe his feet on us as he walks into the second round. <laughs> no, thank well, you. I will take... Look, uh, I talk with a lot of people about the draft, and mm-hmm. it, apparently it's like it's very weak. Like, I've, I've, watched, I've watched a good bit of college basketball, but it's all the same players. I've not really, like, spread out. I've kind of focused on, like, a core group of, like, five people so far. Um, so I've not seen like the outer prospects in the draft, but um, I would still prefer just having the high pick because it's just a more valuable asset. You can, yep. you know, like if, if someone, let's say, for example, the Knicks get the second or third pick in the draft, uh-huh. um, Anthony Edwards goes first because he's the best player, uh-huh. uh, best prospect available. The second pick, then um, someone could buy the Lamello or James Wiseman hype and they might give you a fifth pick and a future first, you know, like, and I think you buy it on that, you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's just more valuable. You can do more with it. And in a rebuild, that's exactly what you need. You need to have those kind of high value picks, players, 
that you could just make moves with, you know? Yep, yep, yep. This draft is so weak. I, John Moran will go number one in this draft. That's that's how. Yeah, probably, probably would, yeah. <laughs> but any last words for the people, Mr. Alex Collins? Appreciate you joining me on the podcast and taking time out of your beautiful day over there in beautiful Ireland. I'm in hell in, in the USA. So any any last words for the people, brother? Um, no, just uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I really appreciate okay. it. I, I do love the show. I listen every time you post a new episode. Um, thank you, man. Appreciate just, it, man. Uh, just a big shout out to just all of uh, Nick's Twitter. Um, I was mad at you all last night, but I do love you. Um, we really do have like a great community. Like I, I really do. Like some, um, some of the content creators that we have, and some of the just the regular people that I see in my notifications, they're just they're. I really do appreciate them, and they're all very good people from as much about them as I know. And uh, just sure. um, a big shout out to just all of you guys, and uh, uh, just. Follow Nick's Film School. Uh, read our stuff. We have a lot of really great people there. Um, Hell yeah. You know, so we're all massive fans. So uh, please support us. Um, and just go, Nick's. It's it. your guy, Blizzy. Shout out to Mr. Alec Collins. You go follow him, Nick's Film School. It's your boy, Slizzy. State of the New York Nick's podcast. Appreciate the love and support. Alex, I appreciate you, brother. Hope to have you on again soon. I'm out of here. Peace.